Okay, so we're continuing on with list of list of one things. Lists of one are good because it's more about the teaching than about the list. We can focus on the meaning behind the teaching. It's actually in pairs most of this. So here we have a group of pairs where the Buddha is comparing things that are beneficial and things that are harmful. And it gives a fairly graphic example here. He says when you... I won't... the Pali is too long, but it says... If you set up uh, a straw, no? and you set it up in the wrong way, you set it up sideways, for example, then when you step on it, it won't cut your feet. Why is that? Because you didn't set it up upright. When you grab, uh, no, when, when, you, when you set it up in the wrong way. But if you set it up uh, straight, then it can pierce the hands. This is if you've ever been in a barn, you know how it is. Sometimes when you walk on the straw, it sticks into your feet. And it draws blood. So it won't pierce into your feet if it's not if it's not sticking up, if it's not set up in the right way. And he says in the same way, this, this example he uses to compare actually to to the, the opposite kind of thing. So he's saying it won't hurt your feet. Well, we think that's a good thing, but there's a kind of piercing that you can't do and that you should do. And you can't do if you set it up in the wrong way. And that is if your mind is set up in the wrong way. If your mind isn't upright, if your mind isn't sharp. Then you, the Buddha says that, that a person whose, whose mind isn't set up properly. With a mind that is set up in the wrong way, that they should pierce through ignorance and reach nascence or knowledge and realize nibbana for themselves. This is not possible. Why? Because they didn't set their mind up properly. And then he says, in the same, in the opposite way, if you set up the straw, kind of like a booby trap, I guess, and when someone steps on it, it, it pierces their feet, or if, if the straw is upright. If you ever cut grass, where I come from, we have these big fields, no hay fields, and when they cut them, it looks very nice to walk through. So we'll walk through them barefoot, and it's, it, it, pierce, it actually does cut your feet. So in the Buddha's time, they would be walking through these fields. 
It's very graphic. For now, now for us, it seems kind of silly. We, we don't have any idea, any concept of this. But if you grew up in the countryside, when they cut the hay, when they cut the hay or the straw, and you walk through it, very painful. Even when they cut the gra when they cut the lawn, sometimes after many days of not cutting it, and the grass grows really high, and then you cut it. It's very painful on the feet. And so the Buddha, the monks would be walking through these fields daily after people cut them. And so he like, just in the same way as it's piercing your feet, this is how the mind pierces through ignorance. The mind that, if you set the mind up straight, it will be able to pierce through ignorance and realize nascent. You'll be able to draw knowledge because our mind is is clouded, is, is covered by this layer of ignorance which stops us from seeing things clearly and until you penetrate that you can see in the meditation as you practice you, you pierce through and you understand how you're, what's going on in your mind you understand why you're feeling why you feel suffering and why you have attachment and so on, why you have stress and why you have suffering. So you realize the truth, you realize what's really going on inside. And, and you, you see how, how actually how, how close to you this knowledge is. It's not something far away, it's not something you have to look up in a book. It's actually something that's quite obvious. And so you, you, you start to think how, how crazy, how uh, am amazing it is that you weren't able to see this. But the reason you can't see it is because of the, the mind is set up in the wrong way. The mind isn't sharp enough to penetrate through the ignorance. And so it chases after delusion, it chases after illusion. And he goes on to say that in fact it's it's such a a wrongly wrong, a mind that is set up wrongly is so dangerous that it's the it's the mind that is set up wrongly that leads a person to to hell and the the mind that's set up properly that leads a person to heaven the mind be the mind is so central in our future in in our happiness and our suffering. This is what we, what we come to realize in the meditation that actually it's not the body that's causing us suffering. It's not the things around us that are causing us suffering. We have a, a, a real change of the way we look at things. The idea that uh, the, the mosquitoes can cause us suffering, or the leeches, or spiders, or snakes, or so on. They're so, so strong with us. The idea that other people can cause us suffering is so clear in our minds as being the truth. We have, we, we, it's quite a change for us to see that actually it's our own minds that's causing us suffering.
all of the pain that we feel in the body and all of the suffering that comes from the world around us is only really a cause of suffering when we take it up in the mind, take it up in the wrong way. Another place that says, the Buddha says when you, when you hold grass in your hand, by the blades for example, that it can cut the hand. But if you grab it by the shaft, if you grab the grass in the right way, then it doesn't cut your hand. And so when, when, you, when you grasp an experience as it is, an experience even right now sitting here, grasp it as it is, it can cause you suffering, even the hard floor, even the, the mosquitoes and so on. Of course the mosquitoes, you have to be careful, because they carry diseases. No, so, not to say that you have to put up, but you have to grasp it correctly, so that even when you're swatting the mosquitoes, you're doing it mindfully. Not. Before, before people practiced, if they were not learned in the precepts or in, in the, the importance of compassion and, and kindness, they would be killing the mosquitoes. Though. So this is often a reflex. You want to kill the mosquitoes. If you're not careful, you'll go back and, and just quickly kill the mosquitoes without thinking. Because the way the mind is set up, and this, this mind can lead us to hell. The mind can lead us to heaven. One more thing he says that I think is useful is he talks about the clarity of the mind. He says, just like a, a lake, just like a pond that is stirred up. Suppose you have a, a, a pond, you, know, you take a stick and you stir it up or, or you maybe you walk through it and the Buddha said it becomes muddy. It's not just stirred up but it's muddy. Like the puddles after the rain, they're, they're, they're mud. When you walk through them, they, they're mud. But when you leave them alone for a while, they become uh, clear in them and you can see inside of them. So he says in this pool, when it's all muddied up, you can't see anything. You can't see the, the fishes, you can't see, they're not a puddle anymore, but a big lake or so on. You can't see the fish, you can't see the animals, the shells and so on. But when the pond is settled and the water is clear, then you can see what's in it. So we have to think of this um, this is the, the way of the mind as well. So we're coming here to clear our minds, to make, uh, to make our minds clear, to make our minds calm. You know. But it's a calm in a way of clarity. The, the important thing is that you, you, you can see clearly. When your mind is calmed, it should be calm based on based on the experience. So another way is to just avoid the pond and go somewhere else. No, you, you can't see anything here, so go look somewhere else. In meditation, this is often the case. People want the calm, but they don't care so much about the clarity. Because clarity is quite difficult. You have to wait and you have to focus on the mud and, and actually uh, wait for the pond to, to become clear. 
If you just want calm, you can avoid it and run away and, and feel peace and calm thinking about something else. This is why people, we, we choose always the easy way. Sometimes people take drugs or medication. Uh, Tarindu, for example, he's, uh, <coughs> he's become addicted to Tylenol because he has problems in his mind. His mind is not settled and so he gets headaches. And so he said to me, he said, Tylenol, good, very good. And I said to him, this, which you're experiencing now, this is Tylenol. Is this good? No, this is not good. No, this is, this is from Tylenol. This is what happened. This is the easy way. This is what the easy way brings you. So the, the, the calm that we're looking for is a calm with clarity. It has to go together. You can't just want calm and peace, otherwise there's many ways uh, to attain that, but it becomes, attached, it becomes associated with clinging. You, you become partial to that state. The idea is to become calm in regards to the problems, to see the problems clearly as they are. When you have a problem with a person, when you have a problem with a, a place, you have a problem with a thing, when you have problems with yourself, with your own body, with your own mind, to become calm in regards to them, to become, to understand them, what is going on now, to see it for, to see them for what they are, and to live with them. And the Buddha said, when you, when you can calm your mind in regards to reality, then you can see. Clearly, you can see what's going on in your mind and how the mind works from moment to moment. And then you can penetrate. In this way, you penetrate in, through, the, through the ignorance. And you can think of the mud as being like the ignorance that comes from stirring up the mind. All of the ignorance that we have or all of the delusion, let's say the delusion that we have, is because our mind is constantly being stirred up, constantly being perturbed by external and internal factors. Externally we have other people and places and things stirring our minds up. And internally we have the defilements stirring our minds up. This is why I talked about Mara. No? Mara it can only be a problem for you if you, if you fall, in, fall for his trap. Mara is like the fisherman, and he's got his hook. But uh, the only reason a fish gets caught on the hook is because it takes the bait. So the Buddha talked about Mara, the Mara's bait. He, he attracts us in so many ways, and you, you come to realize this in meditation. You realize oh, nothing can cause me suffering. There's nothing that can really hurt me. I'm doing this to myself. I'm going again and again, chasing again and again after this bait. And uh, getting caught by the hook. So our practice is to see through this and to be clear in our minds in regards to Mara's bait, in regards to the in regards to suffering and what is the cause of suffering.
to understand clearly and to be fully alert and aware of the experience in front of us. So, just a little bit more food for thought. We can think about what we're doing as being the correct grasping of something, some sharp object, and piercing through the skin of ignorance, and drawing the blood of wisdom. It's a very, very, very strong simile, no? The idea of piercing and drawing blood is being related to piercing through ignorance. But again, it was something that would have been quite visceral for them, stepping on these, these straw, walking through the fields for alms round. And then we have the muddied water. Our minds like muddied water and we're trying to clear them. And as the Buddha said, this is what leads to happiness here and happiness in the future. It's the muddied water and the cloud of delusion and ignorance that can send us to hell, even here and now can cause us to do and say and think things that cause suffering for us for a long, long time. So, some things to think about. More on the mind. When you talk about one thing, well, what's the most important one thing? It's definitely the mind. So, this is where we start in the Anguttara Nikaya. But the mind is the most important in our meditation as well, obviously, as I've by now said far too many times. It should be uh, well established in your mind, that in your thoughts, that the mind is what we're focusing on. One thing that's interesting that I was saying today to a meditator on, on the internet teaching, He was saying it's nice to be focusing on the mind as well, because normally he only focuses on the breath. And so now I was explaining him to focus on the mind as well, and the hindrances, the emotions in the mind. And he said, it's good to notice them. And I said, but it's okay really to focus on the, on the stomach. Oh, sorry, on the breath, because he's doing breath meditation. Because this is like, when you go into the forest, the hunter goes into the forest looking for deer, he doesn't go running around the forest looking for the deer. He goes and sits by the water hole because he knows that's where the deer have to come. In the same way when we, when we practice focusing on the stomach or focusing on the breath, even though there's nothing special about these things, we're going to see how the mind works. So when we talk about the mind being the most important thing, it doesn't mean we have to go looking, where's my mind, where's my mind, and try to find it. We still focus on the body, actually. Even though our intent is to change the mind, we focus on the body. Because when we focus on the body, that means our mind is on the body. And it's, it's this indirect uh, observation of, the, of ourselves, really. Watching how we work. Give us, give us some task, like they do in studies and... and uh, Sociology, maybe they do it. Psychology, I know they do it. They put you in some situation and see how you'll react to it. See how you'll interact with the situation. So we're going to see how we interact with this very simple object. And we find that it's quite interesting how we interact, how the mind works. Walking back and forth, we start to wonder, why am I walking back and forth? Watching the breath, we start to 
try to control the breath, make it always smooth and make it always the same length, make it always comfortable. We get fed up and frustrated when it's not the way we want. And we become attached when it is the way we want and then go up and down, good and bad and so on. So, even though we're focusing on the mind, we use the body as our tool to see how the mind works. And this is, it's important to understand that this is what's the meaning of all of these emotions and thoughts that come up when we practice. When you practice, you start to think it's, it's quite difficult and there's a lot of problems because this isn't right and that isn't right. All of that, what's going on in the mind is what we're looking for. We're trying to understand this. We're trying to see what what is causing us to suffer which states of mind, which reactions are causing trouble for us. So we have to realize that it's not actually the body that's causing the problem, it's the mind that's causing the problem. To realize that the body, the changing in the body, sometimes smooth, sometimes rough and so on, is just the way it is. It's, it's nature. There's nothing good or bad about any physical experience. It's only when the mind picks it up and says, this is me, this is mine, this is good, this is bad, that there's, there becomes a problem. So, mind is most important. And what we do is use the body to come to understand the mind. This is our practice. So, that's enough talking. Now we can go on to actual practice. I guess we can go up to the roof. No. And then maybe... As long as it's not raining, we can meet up there. <laughs>